This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss. The lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision. Every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Kellyanne Taylor, and this is the Radio Times podcast. Every week, I sit down with a celebrity guest from the world of TV or film to talk about their lives, both on and off screen. To my fellow TV enthusiasts, I hope you enjoy listening. This week, I have a very, very special episode. I'm joined by not one, but two phenomenal actresses, Olivia Coleman and Jessie Buckley. From Broadchurch to The Crown to The Favourite, Oscar-winning actress Olivia Colman has become a staple of British film and television. And Irish co-star Jessie Buckley boasts an impressive CV herself, starring across the big and small screen in projects like War and Peace, Chernobyl and Wild Rose. As a pair, Colman and Buckley previously worked together on Netflix movie The Lost Daughter. They played the same character at different ages and were both nominated for Oscars. And now they share the screen again as warring neighbours in Wicked Little Letters, a comedy about a real-life poison pen scandal that shocked 1920s England. In this episode, we talk about sexism in the film industry, the importance of equal pay, the female-led films dominating the box office, and they share what they've learned from their worst auditions. Right, we very rarely do this, but we're doing this as a two-hander because in... The Radio Times podcast today, I have Jessie Buckley and Olivia Coleman. Hey, hi. hi. I'm talking very quietly. <laughs> talking like a little bit, because it's so noisy. It's because I can't work out my computer. <laughs> you're, you're so fine. Project away. Okay. Who okay, wouldn't thanks. want a loud Olivia Coleman in their ears? You know, it's a treat. Speak for my family. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We're going to go everywhere, but first and foremost, the opening question is, what is the view from your sofa? Talk me through your living room setup. Mm, wow. Well, I'm in the kitchen at the moment. Does that matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just close your eyes and, and talk me through. Okay. Um, from my sofa, I can see uh, 
uh, two windows, a telly and a fireplace. And invariably, some dogs. Big telly, small telly. I think for, for, for compared to most people's tellys, quite small. Nice. Also, the sound doesn't work at the moment, which is really annoying. <laughs> Might make it a bit strange yeah. watching silent television. All those subtitles very useful for when you're snacking. Oh, that's mm. Kellyanne. That is a game changer. Mm. You can thank me later. Yeah. Jesse, talk <laughs> me through your through your TV setup. Um, this will be good. A hundred and twenty spider webs that I need to take out. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Um, a big fireplace, and I don't have a TV. See, this is what I was sitting room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a TV no, <laughs> in my house. Um, Please yeah. explain as to why. Uh, it's an old house, and um, there we just don't have one. I knew you were going to be watch cool. Things, we watch things on our laptop and bed um, sometimes, but we don't have a TV. Yeah, <laughs> just have a big fire. It's lovely. Fun, yeah. Going around to Jesse's is so nice because you just, <laughs> I mean, if you're at someone's front house anyway, you just chat, but it feels extra less like you, it's made for chatting. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I hate to ask this, but if you were together, you'd have to be at Olivia's house for this question to work, and you were watching TV together, who would get control of the remote? Oh, maybe we'd, we'd do 50 50. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd, we'd work it out. We'd do. Uh, yeah. What would you what would you want to watch and what would I want to watch? You'd want to watch what would a little you... more highbrow than me, so we'd have to do half. I wouldn't. Would you? Know? I'm obsessed. I'm upset. Do you know what I did all weekend? <laughs> also, I'm so excited Traitor's back on. I'm like actually yeah, angry yes. that it's not. I'm like angry that it's not on continuously. Like I am angry. <laughs> we like backlogged three and then I was like, another one to Freddie. He was like, there's no more. It was like, what? Oh, it, have you been, have you watched any of the uh, Too Hot to Handle or Married at First Sights? <laughs> um, Married at First Sights, I haven't, but I have oh watched, God, uh, what's the Australian season six? Oh, I know, amazing. I love that kind of TV. So maybe we'd have watched that. Yeah, we'd be all right. And Squid Game, the new Squid Game, I'm really enjoying. Ooh, the challenge I watched, one. Yeah. I haven't watched the first one. Should we watch Traitors first or Too Hot to Handle? Is Traitors the or same Squeaky? as when we play... Um, Wing Mafia, Murder. Mafia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. heaven. It's carnage. Also, it's incredibly anxiety-inducing. It's one of those shows. And Claudia Winkleman I love, well, is looking extra orange this season. And she's very sleuthy. She's very she sleuthy. Is amazing. And I'm like, yes, Claudia, you've gone hard on the orange. I'm in. I'm in for it. I'm like, I'm so in invested in it. I've already, I'm, I have to go to America on Wednesday and I'm, I've downloaded a VPN so that I can watch it in America. That is some yes, severe dedication. dedication. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> I want to throw it back to your childhood and I would like you to tell me what your first ever TV memories were. Oh, wow. Well, Jess was far too young. I'm, I, 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 do you remember Bergerac? Nose? Did he have a nose? What? Oh, you're no. thinking Cyrano to Bergerac and I love that. <laughs> you are a classy lady. Huh? Traitors. <laughs> you're talking about theatre. Darling. <laughs> I remember being able to stay up and watch Bergerac with my mum and dad. What was Bergerac? With John Nettles. 
mm. and uh, Lovejoys and uh, oh, and Doctor Who. My brother and I used to watch it from behind the sofa. Oh. Who's your doctor? Tom Baker, I think was. I mean, I'm, I spanned a few, but I, th- I think Tom Baker was the one I remember. What about you, Jesse? What's your first? My first memory of watching something, which because we didn't have a TV, but I think we went up and visited a family friend in Dublin who did have a TV. And she put on a film called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And it was so terrifying. I cried oh, for about Jesse. four hours. Well, because there was like a bad, it was, it is amazing film, but it's like a proper old, like, ho, 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 kind of, you know, <laughs> leprechauns, there's leprechauns. And I think she, like Sean Conroy or somebody like that is in it and he gets brought down. But there's a bat, there was a banshee in it that was just so terrifying. But apart from that, my dad used to own a guest house and we used to have to help like make the beds and be the evening entertainment for all the American tour- tourists and like hand out sausages and eggs. And But when we used to make the bed, sometimes I'd just go up and we'd be able to put the TV on and we'd watch, I'd watch Knight Rider, but only, oh and the A-team, and the A-team. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And the guy yeah. with the big gold chain. Yeah. He was so cool. Really breakfast, yeah. Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Face, Hannibal. Oh God, I love that. And Manimal. Yeah. Do you remember Manimal? No. That was with this guy who became any animal. A man oh. who became animal. That's very useful as well. Yeah. Mm. I'd love to see it again. Yeah. Now, I wonder how the special effects are. I wonder how they look now. Don't always stand the test of time, no, but that's no. okay. It's okay to to be journeyed back. Um, can you please tell me when you first got the inkling that you wanted to act? And both of you came from creative-ish households. How did your parents take the I want to be an actor conversation? I think the first time I realised that you could do acting was when my local town had like a Amdram musical society group and they'd taken over the Oris Podrick Town Hall in Clarny um, to put on a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. And we were all, we all, the whole town, <laughs> the whole town went to see Jesus Christ Superstar. And it was my first time ever seeing like, but I didn't really understand. I don't know what, I must have been about six. And there was all like kind of, you know, those picnic kind of benches. And we all sat in. And I remember at the end when Jesus was like hung on the cross, I was so sure that in front of my eyes, somebody had died on the cross. Like oh, I was just convinced that a real person. And I was inconsolable. Like I couldn't even leave the, the I was just so, and so my mom, bless her, had to like, out of probably embarrassment, <laughs> had to like ask the guys, could I come round the back to show me that it wasn't actually Jesus that had died on the cross. It was like Mick Sullivan from up the road who was actually an actor. <laughs> and I remember going backstage and I was like, oh, everybody was like taking off tights and he came up and shook my hand and he was like, you know, he was alive. Like, he's alive. <laughs> Here and I, I am. just thought, oh my God, that's so magical. Like, I just genuinely thought it was a real thing. You know, I didn't think it wasn't real what happened in the Oris Podrick that night. Oh, so that's what I, yeah, it was so See, you wanted to do it early, early. Was it that, oh, yeah, that young yeah. when you, wow, that's so cool. Olivia, you were a bit older, 16, yeah. not older. Yeah, still a babe, a baby. Um, 
uh, yeah, I didn't. Well, same as well, the way you put it, just I didn't know you were you could be an actor. I didn't. I, uh, I just thought you had to come from that place to do it, and I did, did not come from a creative family. And I did a play, but, and then that was the first time I'd ever been really good at anything. <laughs> that sort of not. I mean, it sounds that sounds awful, but I mean, I was so shit at everything, and finally, <laughs> finally felt that. Oh, I can, I can, no, really true, genuinely true. Worst student high school I've ever had. And uh, and then suddenly they clapped and I went, oh my God, love this. And um, and then just didn't know if I was allowed to do it as well because, I don't know, and it took me a few years to work out how to just go, just admit that I wanted to be an actor. Yeah, because it must be quite intimidating. And then both of you moved to London kind of early doors. What was that like? got to say london is a lot easier once you've been paid <laughs> you've had a bit yes. oh the first year it was really hard you know and it is for everyone we don't know anyone don't have anything uh it's hard to we were going around the sofa cushions and sort of sleeping in people's houses trying to find the money for the bus to go and get a job all of that uh but i fell in love with london over the years still love it don't live in it anymore but um, yeah, loved loved it. Eventually, you find your tribe, you know, and and then it's yeah, it's a magical place when you feel confident and happy. Mm. And what about you, Jesse? How did you find it? Oh, well, I like. I moved when I was seventeen, and I thought I I was so small. But I think I got paid like my first job. I got paid money, you know, for an acting job. And I thought I was rich. I was like, <laughs> lads. <laughs> and then that only lasted for about a week. And I was doing a show in the chocolate factory in uh, London oh, Bridge. Yeah. And the, at the time I had a boyfriend in Hammersmith. And I remember realizing after probably a week of thinking I was really rich, uh, realized I had no money at all to get on the tube, but I was too embarrassed to tell any, any of the cast. So I would walk from London Bridge to Hammersmith every night. But oh, you know, I kind of like whoa. look back at that. I look back at that and I was just so kind of, you, I could, you could totally recreate yourself. You know, I wasn't scared of that. I was like, why? Like, you know, one minute you could feel like this and next minute you could feel like that. And you kind of get to know yourself and you walk through this city that's, there's always coming from like a small town and art, like there's always something happening. And I was just in such a place where I could have walked through any door and been like, oh, <laughs> myself, no matter what I had. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
I think what's so interesting about being an actor in a, in a way that I think lots of other jobs aren't is you have to have resilience and it feels like that's almost as important as being good at the job because there's so many setbacks and when we were talking about your first TV memories, my first TV memory is tuning in and watching them finding the next Nancy and Oliver. And I was obsessed <laughs> with that show. I was absolutely, we were talking about it. I do a smart TV. I do a recommendations <laughs> podcast. And we were talking about the return of the Mamma Mia one that was just on. And I was like, that is how I spent my childhood. But as is most things in life, it kind of only makes sense when you look backwards and what I'm getting at in a very roundabout way is how do you look back at moments where things haven't gone quite right in your career you know auditions you didn't get and how do those setbacks shaped you well I mean I, I think it's not just about the job we do but anything in your past where it hasn't gone well you've got to take it as a I, I don't regret the sort of saddest parts of my life or the the you know because you think you learn from it every time. Uh, you come out of it a bit stronger. And it's the same with auditions. And I remember my, <laughs> I went for like, the first year out of drama school, I went for 100 auditions, didn't get a one. Um, and Jesse and I share an agent as well. And I was thinking, well, she's going to dump me. Um, <laughs> and I remember one, going for one, which was for a part in, I think, The Seagull at the Barbican. And didn't get it and went to see my mum and she went oh well never mind and I went no mum I just want a little bit of sympathy just five minutes of a cuddle and a little bit of sympathy and then I'll move on and you do you know when you watch those uh, um things on telly the, like the x factor and they go this is my big chance this is my they go it's not it's one audition and you'll you'll do them all through your life if you've chosen this career and you know you'll lose most of them and uh, I think it's sort of good for you in the long run. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? What do you think? Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I think like obviously you have a whole hundred f million feelings around things that you end up caring for about, and you know, even with Nancy, the Nancy, I was so young, I couldn't believe I got to like peek behind the curtain that I thought it would take me a hundred years to even be allowed behind there. <laughs> mind and at the time meant everything and um I look back and I think whoa so brave you know so kind of probably ignorant mostly but so brave to just be passionate about something and um I think if you go into those situations doing your best and ultimately with those things it's like not just about you you know people have different they, they're allowed to have a prerogative about what they, they want as well. And all you can do is go in and do your best and come out of it feeling like, yeah, I put my heart on my sleeve and that's enough. And actually, with auditions, I used to think if it was really good and I didn't get it, obviously you go, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to like go for it. Yeah. And I would always kind of go, even if I, if I don't get it, it's been so cool to have this in my life for five days, <laughs> you know, like how wild, <laughs> like this is just so kind of, I'm just kind of, to get to do it at all is great, but like, yeah. um, I don't know, you got to, yeah, just go in feeling like you've done your best and take it all with a pinch of salt and the right thing will come That's it. at the right time of your life when you're ready. And you get better at it, don't you, as, as, the, as the auditions, the more you do over the years. 
And you just, uh, I sort of started to tell myself, I'll never hear about that one ever again. So that was fun. Yeah. Moving on, nice to meet some people, learn some lines. And then yeah. that way it's just easier when they don't call you. <laughs> some of some of them are just so embarrassing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> some of them I'm like, I shudder to even think I, I ever see that person ever again in my like I auditioned for Cats the movie. And it was one of the worst. Uh, and I, I got through to the second round of like the dance. Did you have to sort of sink around the place? It was honestly her. And I was living in a like flat chair at the time. And it was, but it was a really hot day in London. And I was came down to my flat chair at the time. And I was living with like uh, people who worked in Hackney City Council and environmental activists and architects, people who had nothing to do. And I was like, I don't know how to be a cat. I just don't know how to be a cat. <laughs> You know, like I, and they were so, they were like, Jesse, some days you just have to be a bloody cat. <laughs> went to this audition to Wayne McGregor, who's like the most amazing, sleek, beautiful, like head of the Royal Ballet man in the world, like incredible choreographer. I was already wet with sweat going into this. And I, it was just so, I had to like, I was like, I didn't know how to be a cat. I don't even really like cats. And I had to like go and like lick my paws and jump around. <laughs> what, is there footage of this anywhere, Jesse? Never. I never want this footage ever to be seen ever again. Wayne, I apologize <laughs> um, for having to put you through that. Oh, God, I want to see And um, anyway, that's some one of the shudders. I, I can't. Um, yeah, l having to pretend to lick yourself. You know, I think maybe a perk of the job in some senses. You don't know. Kelly Ann, this is, this is an, an oh afternoon God. radio. <laughs> now that, I think that's, that's almost the perfect time. That's a to challenge. Talk, to talk about wicked little letters, which... Nice segue. Nice segue, yeah. A dirty little chat moved nicely into into this. Um, composure, Kelly Ann. Anyway, um... I loved it because I don't laugh very often and I don't find things very funny. And I think it's because my parents aren't English. So I just didn't... British humour doesn't sit that well in my tummy. But... Where are they from? They're from South Africa. And my mum's second oh. language is English. So I, she, Afrikaans okay. people are wow. very uh, abrupt. So it's a very different type, type of humour. I didn't know that. No subcontext. Everything is said... As, as as you would expect it. Um, okay. So I loved this because I left the cinema absolutely beaming. Firstly, yeah. <laughs> how on earth did you say some of those lines at the end without absolutely howling? Oh, we do. <laughs> I mean, they, they had to cut round us a lot. What's your favourite line from the whole the whole film? Are you allowed to say it on your podcast? Can you beep things out? Let's beep it out. Just. Just have fun. There's a, there's one bit. Uh, is it <laughs> you in the nose holes? And then she she drops the sea bomb. My character drops the sea bomb at the very end, which I really enjoyed. You were really good at that one. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I think also the only thing with this is, although it is deeply funny, there were moments where actually I felt my heart racing a bit because there are moments where, especially with Olivia, your character, where you're so you play this pious. Lady Edith Swan and Jesse, your Rose, who's a, a bit more leery. She's she's outspoken. She's uh, leery. I think is is the right word. Just there. like me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that <laughs> character so much, but I really like that we're seeing textured women, but also I know it's set post World War, but we are seeing the fight that women were having back then doesn't feel a, too far a cry from nowadays in, in the sense of familial pressures. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's sort of disappointingly, we haven't gone far enough from then, you know, there's, the comments on what women should look like or the comments, you know, if a, if a woman swears, someone will always go, oh, like, oh, oh. <laughs> no, women are human. Women are everything. Mm -hmm. They are everything on the scale of being human. And mm -hmm. they're, they're funny and filthy and, uh, and loving and caring and everything. And just as men are. And it's, it's funny that you're judged in, in this, but I, the thing about, we were talking about this earlier, Wicked Little Letters, but how women in particular are looked at and judged. And unfortunately, that still exists to a lesser degree. But um, it's interesting uh, seeing what it was like. This is the 20s, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, well, well. And, and that, you know, that trolling now is something that they did then, but in the form of letter writing, you know. Yeah. The swears were lifted from real letters, and this was actually debated in Parliament at the time, and it was everyone was following it on all the broadsheets. Um, it was a, a huge thing and shocking, and it should still be shocking that people can be cruel to others uh, by trolling, you know. Yeah, it's that same feeling of uh, lack of responsibility for your words. You know, it, I know in this in the film it's letters, but actually in in our age it's people being able to write things online and not being held accountable necessarily yeah but i think that's also what's so great about these two women who live side by side who are very different in so many ways but there's an innate kindredness between each other you know like i feel like that actually i, I in lots of ways things have changed and there's always more to do but I definitely feel like even just in things that I read or conversations I have with girlfriends or whatever is that there is a there's a, a feeling to want to like bring out something between each other. And I think these two women unconsciously or whatever were like they both wanted each other to be their bigger selves, you know, to be just like unshackled from whatever they understood or whatever they were told they were meant to be or certainly rose rose is brilliant at that i think isn't she a bit be better than edith at it yeah but in different uh, in different ways you know like i think rose's feel it's quite lonely you know and actually edith at the in the beginning there's a warmth between them it's not just you feel like yeah they could have been poison yeah and I think even in the nitty gritty, I think there's a bit of Rose that is when she realizes that it's Edith, it's like, yes, come, <laughs> out. come out and join me. <laughs> You're going to love it. You know, like, and, um, when it's, you can't just be, you know, I think if we can all take space, then we'll all, you know, and not be threatened by, that or feel like we're not allowed to be that then maybe who knows what we could all be together yeah. and it felt poignant because it's it's also a time where we're seeing finally more female characters and, and great female characters have always existed but maybe not to the extent that they should or as often as they should i think we're told for so long we've got to 
shrink ourselves and not take up space that actually to just see this very funny story play out between these women it felt almost like a turning point in cinema as well and, and what we're getting to watch well that's nice I mean I, th- I think mm. there's there have been many fantastic uh, fantastic female-centric films which have 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 really moved me and and made me feel like this this is why we're doing it and this is great and I love it that you've thrown wicked little letters into that mix too but uh you know like some of the big biggest grossing films have been well for example Barbie but also Bridesmaids Thelma and Louise these are all films that have have got bums on seats the the oh the narrative that they try and run which is uh you know, the, the men get paid more because they get more bums on seats. That's bollocks, and it's a lie, and and it can be proven in the box office to be not true. Absolutely. So pay, pay your actresses, please. Here, here. Well, across <laughs> the board in any job, if you're doing the same job as someone else, you get paid the same money, and it's that's yeah. a legal requirement for a very long time. I don't know why we're still having to discuss it. Oh, God, I got quite red a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because that angers me very much to my soul too mm-hmm. in every field it's just i think you know writers journalists whoever it's everyone doing deserves. A job you get paid the same as yeah it's a small ask um sorry i went off on a tangent well, terribly sorry kellyanne no, no i love the tangent we you guys have actually worked together before on the lost daughter um and you played the same character but different ages had you met when you were filming that and were you excited to work together again, or was this the first time? You were also on Scrooge together, but again, I don't know if you... Were we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was like, what's that? No. I can never <laughs> remember what the names of the things I've done are called. <laughs> um, well, we didn't actually get to work together on Lost Daughter, no, but we had fun. Group. We managed to have fun together for a few days, so that yeah. was great. And then we'd met, I don't know how long before that, uh, at a festival and we fell in love. It was sort of instant, yeah. wasn't it? L- little naughty. Yeah. Oh, so fun. We're going to have a lovely time. <laughs> well, you have a brilliant on-screen uh, chemistry. When you are very successful, often you have to do the award circuits, and we're obviously going into that circuit at the moment. I wondered what your experience as an actor is like in those moments. The, it's quite nerve-wracking. I've got to say, I think... Jesse and I were both at the Oscars together, but that, that was fun because we were together, um, as a free bar at the Oscars, which is full all the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's always someone with the panicky with a, with a clipboard going, please, can you be in your places for your category? And, was, <laughs> and <laughs> um, it's quite nerve wracking and, uh, you have to really have a chat with yourself and have good people around you to, just keep calm and it, you know, you're just lucky to be there. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's a bit of a head fuck. It's too, it, it's amazing, but it's a lot. Mm. And I think you've got to find your people. And then sometimes the best part of the night is finding your people and going back to your room and ordering chips and tequila and having totally. like a big old chat, putting your pajamas yeah. on, you know, like that, that. Those are the best. The rest is just so wild and kind of I always feel like I'm like trying to hold on to the issues <laughs> of um but also you know it's uh it's lovely to see people that you've worked with or that you admire and that you think 
I kind of wish we all just had pizza and beer, you know, and like yeah. we're in our tracky bottoms yeah, and just were like, well done for making an amazing film or, yeah. you know, um, that would be amazing. Not on camera. Yeah, because you do always look beautiful, but I, I can't imagine they're comfortable to sit in. When I went for the first, I got the most ginormous spot. You always get like the thing, like my first ever and this like <laughs> arrived. And I was like, <gasps> but actually, who cares? You're just human. You yeah. know, everybody's human in that thing. And you might, yeah, I think I got my, yeah, I got my period or something and just everything. Was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the best way, it kind of sobers you off. <laughs> Which is good. We are all human. So that's, yeah. a, that's a nice note to end on. So thank you so much for coming on the Radio Times podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Kelly. If you enjoyed this episode, do listen to my conversation with David Tennant or my interview with Dame Emma Thompson. Both are available now and can be found by scrolling back through the Radio Times podcast feed. Thank you for listening to the Radio Times podcast with me, your host, Kellyanne Taylor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please do follow, rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. It helps other TV and film lovers find us. Until next Tuesday, happy viewing.